0: Social with Ed Easton Jr., we are back once again here on Brooklyn Free Speech Radio. And this week's show, once again, I'm tackling another sport that a lot of people really don't talk about much, and especially like in New York, you know, people really only bring up tennis during the US Open. And it's rightfully you know, rightfully so, US Open's a big deal. It happens here in New York, it happens in Queens. Everyone from around the world that's a tennis fan will stay in New York for the two-week stretch. And that's pretty much when tennis takes over. So I, I completely understand that. But for the first time, I actually made the trip over to Queens. You know, I, I, obviously, I always go to Queens. But I'm talking about making the trip to Flushing and the actual tennis center. The uh, Billie Jean King Tennis Center, I've always said I wanted to stop by it. It's literally right there from a uh, city field for those that are not sure, and it was an experience I have to admit. Just going there was packed. There was like a whole bunch of people, just you know, just to go to different sessions. And the only session I went to was an important one for me. It was at Arthur Ashe Stadium, and it was Serena Williams making her first. It was her first match for the U.S. Open in about a year. In some change because. She missed last year, obviously, for being pregnant and having a baby, making this year her, you know, huge return and everyone being excited about her coming back. So it was a big deal. And I really wanted to be there for it. It was her first match, like I said. And they did not spare any expense, mind you. We had a a performance from Kelly Clarkson. We had Maxwell singing the the, uh, National Anthem. You know, most people stood up. Some took a seat, but that's a whole other story, which we've talked about plenty of times on this show. But uh, back to Serena. And, uh, you know, for me, the, the energy that she brought onto the court. And mind you, it, she was expected to win the first round. That wasn't any doubt when it came to it. But her uh, competitor gave her a bit of a run. She was ready for it. She showed that resolve and that that grit and everything that we love about her. And I got to see firsthand, like, just the, everything you, you hear about or you watch on TV, you don't really get the full experience of it. Her yelling at the ball, like, you know, the the power and the, 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 the serves, everything that she was showing out there, it just reminded you, like, hey, you're watching something different. You're watching something that no one else is doing right now. Mind you, this woman just had, she just had a child. Like, everyone says she's supposed to be on decline. That's always a projection. When you have children. Um, they say female athletes are supposed to be on the decline. I disagree. And seeing someone like Serena, seeing so many other great athletes in the past, make the uh, the adjustments in order to still compete in this game. And mind you, Serena's in her mid-30s. She's going against people that are either half her age or just, you know, very young and They've been playing their whole lives as well, and she still dominates every single time. This time was no different. She won the straight sets. If you want to see some of the footage of it, obviously, there's the official footage you can catch on ESPN or different websites. I have the footage uh, from my own camera and from my seats. Obviously, these are not the best seats in the world, but I wanted to make sure I was in the house to see Serena. You can check it on my Instagram. That's at Ed Easton Jr., as well as my Twitter, so you can see both of it on there. And it was a great time, like i I really enjoyed it. it was it was extremely hot. The weather in New York City wasn't rainy, so people didn't have to worry about the rain when you know, going to see uh, the different tennis matches going on, the uh, weather was beautiful. Like I said, just the heat was' it's excessive at times. And the different courts, like I, I just want to talk about just the area in the tennis center. There were so many different vendors you could go to for food, and there were so many different um. Different courts. Like I said, there were mini courts for doubles matches, for, for juniors matches. And I just liked how there was different options for people once they got there. Arthur Ashe Stadium is the big stadium there. Followed by the newly renovated Louis Armstrong Stadium. And you saw, like, just world-class tennis every way you walked. And I, for one, I do like tennis. I do understand the game. I do follow the game. There are certain players you just want to watch, You certain players that you just want to find out about. But I like how you have the up-and-coming people coming, up-and-coming stars, I should say, just performing right next to you. And you have no idea. This could be the next Sloan Stevens. It could be the next Venus Williams, Serena, uh, Federer, Nadal. They're all there. And some of them you can see for free. So I just love that option was out there for the different um, fans so they can follow who they want to follow. I just thought that was really cool. So as I'm recording this show, and this is obviously going to play on the Wednesday, early Wednesday morning of this week. The tournament is still going on. As of right now, Serena Williams is still in. She's in the uh, semifinals. So like I said, I'm not going to have the champion here announced during this episode. But I will say there were some surprises in this tournament so far. And I'm just like I said, I'm still shocked at the fact that Roger Federer is out. I didn't expect Federer, the number two seed, one of the greatest of all time, to be knocked out, and I'm going to play his um some highlights from his matchup and how he lost, as well as his press conference, talking about it, and that's not even the, the, the biggest one. Uh, in my opinion, the biggest upset was Sloane Stephens, who was last year's champion on the women's side. She goes out in the quarterfinals, and... It's just you—you you never know, and that's why I love about tennis. You never know what's going to happen unless your name is Serena Williams. Serena took care of her own sister, um, Venus, in straight sets. It was, it was pretty surprising how easy she was able to handle everything. But uh, looking at what's going on in this tournament and just the growth of it, and and like I said, I haven't seen a day where it wasn't packed the popularity it has over New York city and people want to get involved in tennis. And I had fun with all the different activities that were going on on the grounds there. It was just a, a great atmosphere. So I do want to keep pushing that and for people to check it out. Cause this is open year round. This isn't just open for the, uh, for the U S open. Just check out the uh, tennis center over in Queens. It's, it's really good. So with that being said, um, there was some controversy heading into this tournament that, that did surround Serena. Everyone knows about her famous cat suit that she wore for medical reasons going into the French Open. It caused a huge stir. So many people felt like, oh, you know, it, it shouldn't be banned, it shouldn't be this, because the French Open said that it's no longer allowed for her to wear that. And it's been a debate on both sides. The biggest debate has been. What is she doing that's affecting the game of you know the the game because there is no advantage that she's getting from wearing it. Why is it banned? Now, out of protest, Serena and what people believe out of protest, she's wearing like sort of like a tutu type of setup. And it's uh it's been doing her very well at the US Open and she's still been dominating. She hasn't really come out and shown any type of negativity towards it. And I'm going to play her thoughts on the whole situation, that she had a special press conference regarding it as well. Uh, Also, I got some extra feedback on it from uh, Miss Palm T. I know you guys remember her. She is one of the hosts from the Tea Room podcast. Got her thoughts on the whole controversy. Is it even really a controversy? Is this something that we should still be talking about? I had to ask her, so she really broke it down to me. And we're just going to try to get to the bottom of it. And as always, if you have your thoughts on the whole catsuit situation or just the U.S. Open in general, always hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, at Ed Easton Jr. I love all ideas. That's how some of these episodes are made, based off you guys' ideas. And I will shout you out if it's an idea that I like. So just throw it out there. And let's see what happens. You know, this is a this is a show for everybody. It's why it's called Sports Social. I want people's opinions on it so that we can see a different side of whatever sport I'm covering that week and just moving forward because fitness people as well. I don't want to feel like fitness people are being left out. We will have more fitness topics coming up as well. So uh, before I go to break, like I said, there's a new Louis Armstrong Stadium at the Tennis Center and they had a huge unveiling for it at the very start of the tournament. So I'm going to play a little of the sound from that. And after that, I'm going to get into some of the highlights, once again, about Sloan Stevens losing, as well as Roger Federer. You're listening to Sports Social with Ed Easton Jr. here on Brooklyn Free Speech Radio, iHeartRadio, and Spotify.
1: And once again, good morning, U.S. Open fans. Please welcome the chairman of the board and president of the USTA, Katrina Adams.
2: On behalf of the USTA, it is my great pleasure to welcome you all here on this very special day as we formally dedicate this magnificent new Louis Armstrong Stadium, the final jewel in our five-year, $600 million transformation of the USTA Billie Jean King National Tennis Center. This beautiful new 14,000-seat stadium, complete with its own retractable roof, We'll provide our world-class US Open players with another grand stage, and we'll provide our world-class fans with another great venue to experience all the thrills and excitement of the game. As we kick off things, I want to recognize some very special guests with us here today. My good friend, the Honorable Mayor David Dinkins, who is the heart and soul of this tennis center, borough president Melinda Katz and other elected officials from Queens who have been such great partners and make us proud to be part of this community. I'd also like to welcome the students from PS 143Q, the Louis Armstrong Elementary School, right here in Flushing. Guests from the Louis Armstrong Educational Foundation and Museum, and a shout out to some of our longtime Louis Armstrong subscribers. This is your stadium. A project of this scope requires the dedication and commitment of a lot of people. I'd like to recognize and thank the USTA's Executive Director and Chief, o- Chief Executive Officer, Gordon Smith, our Chief Operating Officer here at National Tennis Center, Danny Zausner and his remarkable team, our great friends at Rossetti and Hunt Construction, and of course, all of the members of the USCA board, past and present, who believed and supported our shared vision of a world-class facility for this world-class event. We are proud to have kept a revered and timeless name on this grand new stadium, both for the history that name has here at the US Open and for the history that it has right here in this neighborhood, where Louis Armstrong lived and where the Louis Armstrong House Museum still preserves and shares his remarkable legacy. We are thrilled to continue to honor that legacy with this stadium, and we consider it a fitting tribute to a singular talent and a true American icon. To help us pay tribute to Louis Armstrong, I'd like to introduce Mr. Oscar Cohen a great friend of Louis Armstrong and a founding member of the Louis Armstrong Educational Foundation to share some of his memories of the immortal Satchmo. Mr. Cohen.
1: I met Louis Armstrong when I was 15 or 16 years old. I was working after high school as an office boy for his manager, his booking agent, and best friend, Joe Glazer. Many famous critics wrote that Louis Armstrong was the greatest jazz trumpet player and best jazz vocalist that ever lived. Louis recorded many hit records, and in 1964, had the good fortune recording the hit song, Hello Dolly, which replaced the Beatles from the number one pop best-selling musical charts. In 1970, Louis and Lucille Armstrong formed the Louis Armstrong Educational Foundation. As Pops always said, I want to give back some of the goodness I received. Louis and Lu- Lucille lived a few minutes away from here in Corona, Queens. Today would have been one of Louis's greatest moments. I wanna thank you for Joe Glazer, Lucille Armstrong, and especially Pops, who always said, what a wonderful world, thank you.
2: Thank you, Mr. Cohen, for those wonderful memories. And memories are what the U.S. Open is all about. We created a lifetime of amazing memories in the old Louis Armstrong Stadium. It was the stadium when we moved from Forest Hills to Flushing Metals 40 years ago. This was a stage upon which so many of the game's greatest champions earned that ultimate accolade
3: iHeartRadio now combines your favorite radio stations plus your on demand music collection all in one app. iHeartRadio All Access now allows you to take your music collection offline to listen anywhere without a connection or using data. From the My Music pivot, tap on a playlist you want to take offline. Toggle to Offline. Indicators will fill in seconds, showing when your tracks and playlists are available offline. Radio plus unlimited music, all in one app.
4: Um, I think that uh, obviously the Grand Slams have or have a right to do what they want to do. But I feel like um, if and when, or if they know that some things are for health reasons, then there's no way that they wouldn't be okay with it. So I think it'll be fine.
1: Does that mean there's a
5: negotiation that will happen between you and them? And should there be an outcome that's not favorable to you, would you consider not
4: playing? Well, um, the president of the French Federation, the, he's been really amazing, and he's been so easy to talk to. My my whole team is basically French, so um, yeah, we ha- we have a wonderful relationship. Um, so yeah, I'm sure they would. We would come to an understanding, and everything would be okay. And um, yeah, so it wouldn't be, it w- wouldn't be a big deal. He's a really great guy, and uh, yeah.
6: Do you understand what he thought was disrespectful about the outfit? Because he
7: what's, he seemed to say it was disrespectful.
4: Um, I don't know exactly what he seemed to say or what he didn't seem to say or or what, but I um, we already talked, so like mm-hmm. I said, we have a great relationship, so. We talked yesterday, and yeah, so it's everything's fine, guys. <laughs> Will you wear the outfit at the U.S. Open? Like, could you explain, like, the circulation? Yeah, like yeah. Healthy? I've I've since found other methods, um, and when it comes to fashion, you don't want to be a repeat offender. So
6: <laughs> it'll be a
4: while before this even has to come up again.
6: <laughs> so, what are the other solutions, So
4: I wear tights that um, keep keep everything going with my blood and make sure that I'm staying pretty healthy out there.
5: Did you, um, Serena, have a chat with? Because obviously you didn't wear the cat suit at Wimbledon, mm-hmm. uh, but I think you did wear these compression tights. Yes. Uh, did you kind of have a conversation with Wimbledon beforehand and say, "Look, this is what I want to do"? And
4: um, no, we. I did not have a conversation with them because I did. I wasn't wearing that same. Um, cat suit. So uh, yeah, I just figured that. And by then, I found a, a new solution, which I've been working on for months. You know, to find something, and then we finally were able to to figure something out.
6: Serena, you've got a pretty difficult draw. I don't know how far down the road you've looked, but well, how far down the road have you looked? <laughs>
4: <laughs> I haven't looked.
6: So we shouldn't tell you anything. Okay. But you, but you do know that you've got a, a tough draw, right? I do now. <laughs> Serena, what are your thoughts as you
5: step onto the grounds here, knowing how different your life is from the last time you played at the US Open?
4: Um, I feel like, you know, everything's just different in terms of, you know, I'm living a different life. I'm playing US Open as a mom. You know, I, uh, it's just, it's just new and it's fresh
5: what what does having your daughter in your life do to change everything about your approach to playing a tournament even the us open
4: um, you know if anything I have this I have more fire in my belly it's it's very hard to describe and it's very dif- it's very difficult to describe um, I, uh, I I thought after having a, a child I would be more relaxed and I think I've said this before but um I'm not, (laughs) and um, I work just as hard, if not harder, actually, and sorry, and I, um, you know, I just feel like I just take it just as serious, if not more, and that's been really surprising for me. So you you are not
5: for that this is a a kind of a lengthy comeback, and you're taking your time, Um, and yet at the same time, you're such a competitor, you step out you always want to win yeah where where's the tipping point when you say to yourself okay now this is this is the time I got I gotta do it
4: um I've been saying that to myself every week you know and it hasn't quite happened but you know it's been just really a few months into this into me playing after having a baby so um, I feel like I have to be nice to myself and I feel like um, I have to just be happy and, and you know, continue to work hard. I've been working incredibly hard and I feel like it will for sure pay off eventually.
0: Sports Social with Eddie Sejuio, we are back. And as you can hear, nature in the background, that can only mean one thing. Cause it's the only way you could find her, it's the only way you could get in touch with her for important conversations like this. I have Palm T back with me. Palm T, how are you?
3: I'm doing great. How are you?
0: Doing well. And Palm T, I like how you only want to speak outside. You know, that's one. And two, that you never use your real name, you yes. only use your code name. It's you know. Palm T from the Tea Room podcast. <laughs> you know, I had to make sure. She said, I got to plug that a couple of times.
3: Couple. You might need to do it one
0: more time. One more time. Yes. Palm T from, that's a, what's that show again called? The, uh, what's it called? The uh, Tea, room, the podcast. tea okay. room podcast. Okay. Okay, you know, I, I forget sometimes, but here's one thing I haven't forgot, and I'm pretty sure Serena Williams will never forget. How she was told that she is not allowed to wear her special black cat suit at the French Open, <laughs> and Palm T. I know you have some thoughts on this. First of all, this is like a new regulated rule for everybody, so it's not yeah. just Serena Williams, but obviously they were focusing on her.
3: Right.
0: What are your thoughts on this?
3: I just feel like whenever certain women of power, not even certain women, get to a, a certain um, mark in their career, they have to try and do something. To, to kind of I, I guess to kind of put that
0: Try to bring them back down try to the bring pack back down, Like yeah. okay you're
3: on a pedestal But no you're not really there We need to do something to knock you down a little bit So you don't think you're going to be on your high horse for long And it's just like What's the Russian tennis player's name? Sharapova right?
0: Yeah Sharapova
3: Do you see what she wears? What she's been wearing?
0: I have seen yes
3: <laughs> A little skimpy
0: I didn't notice. <laughs> I'm sorry. I look at the playing. Oh, I don't, is that what you look I, at the I, playing? I look at the tennis.
3: Well, um, I think people need to kind of review the taste because she doesn't wear things that are, I think, w- what they're saying about, you know, Serena Williams. I think they could be interpretive as provocative if Serena wore what Sherpover wore. So, I think it's very interesting that they're targeting her and then like, oh, let's add more people to it. So, why is Serena like the staple? Like, oh, Serena, because she's wearing suits no one else can wear it. You know what I mean? It's just like, I don't see anything inappropriate with what Serena was wearing.
0: So, nothing inappropriate with that. And, you know, it's funny because when I look at um what she wore, and yes, she said she wore for medical reasons. You know, that okay. was number one. So, I, I do believe her for that. Okay. And... I think I, I kind of want to echo what you're saying, but I want to add a little more to it. Mm-hmm. They are doing that because they want to focus on her as being, you know, I want to use because she's black. Yes, that's be. I think I think I, that is a big factor.
3: I think so too. You know, and
0: the fact that she is the, the best player in the world, they always try to find little little things that are wrong with her. Yes, you know. I hate when it comes to this, like because now it makes you think about. All right, what are what is she allowed to do You know what I mean Because Everything They always have Like these little moments Where they's like Oh cause she yells She's intense Remember that was a whole thing She's the best in the world She is Just let her be Let her be what she wants to be She is And You should not have a narrative On what women should be At the end of the day Anyway You know and, true it, like I said, it, it's just stuff like that is ridiculous. I think it's going to be changed eventually because no one can make sense out of it. Right. I thought Serena handled it very well. She did. She's not making a huge, huge deal out of it. But she's, she's taking a little subtle remarks.
3: She did wear a tutu.
0: Yes. She, she's she's continuing to wear a tutu. Yeah, so
3: I, I like the semi-petty, like, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna be reserved and quiet about this. But see me in my tutu and see me play in my tutu. And then what do you, what do you have to say about that, you know?
0: So. Yeah, I agree. And I agree that's the way to do it. You know, yeah. you want to send a message while having to be... Because it's like they want you to react. Yes. They want you to be loud. They want you to say, you know, oh, well, she's out of control. She's this. She's not fitting to be, a you know, the top woman player. Yes. She, she's won 23 Grand Slams. That is... No one. No one's even close to that. Let's be real. True. But
3: then a part of me, the pettiness in Pomp kind of wants to see her like... <laughs> Just fight back a little bit with her words you know I wish I kind of wanted to see her not be as passive with the catsuit remark because again I feel like if um the other tennis players not of color wore what she wore this would not be an issue at all no one would even be talking about this this would not be a headline in the news but because it's Serena because she's you know like you said One of the greatest players In the world Yeah But I think she can play Better
0: than some Oh no just, I, I Quite arguably I believe she is The best player Of all time That's right. I'm, I have no shame In saying that You know right. But now also When you look at Just what Serena Has done Not only in her career mm-hmm. How she's affected So many other people So many young girls Look up to her You know yes, So agree. that's another reason Why I feel like She didn't react In a way that Most people would Is she's a right. mom now True. And a wife that is true People gotta understand that This is not You know Like Yeah You know Like she had, she's a grown woman No no
3: that's true That's a good point <laughs> So
0: she wants to set a great example mm-hmm. And remember her husband Is filthy rich Very
3: super rich He
0: founded Reddit I remember Okay This man ain't got, You know He's he's one of those Like he ain't gotta be loud either You know Cause he got that type of money Where he could be quiet and dangerous
3: He also flew Serena out to Italy Because she wanted A pasta for dinner
0: now you see, did you hear about that? I, I did hear about okay. that, and I have also I have two thoughts with that. All right, two thoughts. <laughs> My first thought is that yes, it's great that he loves her. You know, that's when you got the money spend it right. My second thing is now you've raised the bar way <laughs> too high because the fact that you remember that right away. And think about any girl out there now that's dating a guy. The first thing they're gonna be like. Because, you know, he going to be thinking, like, oh, I'm doing a good job. I took you to Max Brenner. You know, he's going to feel <laughs> real good about himself, right?
3: Let me be clear. He raised the bar for people who have money like he does. Oh, that's not, what you're saying. Not for regular working people. Okay. Because I'm not going to expect someone that I just met right. in New York City to fly me out somewhere because I want a certain dish from a certain country. If you can do that, though, that's amazing. But he didn't set the bar out for regular people. He only set the bar for people that's in his tax bracket.
8: Good
0: because that's like if we're in Brooklyn and I decide, hey, let's let's make that trip over to Manhattan. And you know what I'm saying? We go to Max Brenner. I can might even go even deeper than that. We go to Del Fresco. Come on, you guys
3: really like Max. <laughs> I really do.
0: I just gave them a whole bunch of you advertisement really right did. now.
3: You really did. I know. So I got
0: some friends over there. So shout out to them. They know <laughs> they already know how it goes. Because
3: you said Max Brenner like three times already. <laughs>
0: All right. Now, the last thing I want to bring up, this was actually uh, something very recent. I was, Originally, when we said we were going to talk, I wasn't going to bring this up. Mm-hmm. But uh, Colin Kaepernick has been named the face of uh, Nike for his 30th you know, anniversary campaign. Yes. And Colin Kaepernick was just recently at a Serena Williams match at the U.S. Open. Okay. She tweeted out in support of Kaepernick and you know just that Nike took a stand. And she's also a part of the Nike brand. Yes. Quickly, what are your thoughts on Nike and making this decision to make him the face?
3: I think it's a very smart move for Nike to do this. I think it's great because for some reason, I don't know why it's so difficult for other companies or other people to actually understand what Kaepernick is standing up for. And it seems like Nike gets it. And they're they're you know making someone who is the face of, right now, I guess, activism and The fight against police brutality Against black and brown people So I think Nike got it right I think what they're doing is great And I wish more people kind of understood The real message behind what Kaepernick Was kneeling for Instead of focusing on why he's You know like the fact that he's kneeling Because we have veterans that came out in public And said we are in support of What he's doing Mm -hmm. So it's like all the arguments like Well you're a disgrace to this country Or you're disrespecting the veterans, it's like they've already counteracted that thought and disputed it. Like, no, we're like, we're fine with what he's doing. So, it's like, why can't everyone else get on board with that? Like, there was a video of a man, I, I don't know where he was, he was not of color and he was burning Nike sneakers.
0: I, I saw that <laughs> he had them while, first of all, while they were still on. Yes. There's so many thoughts that go into this. First of all, Nike's probably looking at them like, okay, well, you bought them. Right That's number one I'm thinking to say that You bought them still And two What would I just You're trying to prove a point here But
3: By burning your by toes By burning your toes In
0: the Nikes I don't That's something I don't
3: understand
0: Yeah that's a different world I, I'm not really Sure about that one But like I said Serena <laughs> supports it as well Yes You know what I'm saying You know what else we should support What else we should support I should say You wanna know what it is
3: Sending women out On trips
0: no, Wait, no, see, no, doing no, doing no, 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 we're never, we're not supporting that, <laughs> we're not, we are not going to, we are not going to to sell such lies to people, okay, what we are going to do is we're going to support your podcast, we're going to call it the Tea Room Podcast, yes. so check that out, Google it, uh, Facebook it, what's the Facebook?
3: Facebook is the Tea Room Podcast, you can also follow us on Twitter, underscore Tea Room, and also on um, Instagram, the Tea Room Podcast.
0: All right. And that's Palm T. She is yes. one of the three yes. of the T's, yes. you know, so shout them out and uh, that'll be it. All right. We're going to continue on with this U.S. Open coverage here on Sports Social.
9: I'm Paul George. When I was six, I had one thing on my mind. When I was six, my days were spent playing basketball every chance I could. When I was six, my dream was to make it to the NBA. When I was six, my mom had a stroke. So I want you to learn the signs of a stroke fast. F-A-S-T F. Face drooping A. Arm weakness S. Speech difficulty T. Time to call 911 Because the sooner they get to the hospital, the sooner they'll get treatment. And that can make a remarkable difference in their recovery. I'm Paul George. Protect the ones you love. Spot a stroke F-A-S-T. Fast. Life is why. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council.
0: Sports Social with Ed Easton Jr. We are back. And like I said, I want to get into the highlights from uh, two of the surprises of the tournament. And that was Sloan Stevens losing along with Roger Federer also going out in the quarterfinals. So, this is the highlights from both games, as well as their press conference thoughts afterwards.
6: Oh, what a stab!
5: Filman no showing off some wheels, and look at the reaction from Federer. He didn't give up on the play. What a stick save and a jam. there so Federer cruising through the opening set in thirty three minutes six games to three.
1: bursting at the moment from Melbourne.
6: One just in front, cross court of Millman, but then he saw him take a couple of fast steps forward, and that's a pretty easy put away.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's long, and John Millman has won the second set, it's one set
7: off.
5: Two sets to one on Roger no, it's Federer.
9: Two sets to one.
5: Raise your hand if you saw this one coming. On Arthur Ashe Stadium Court.
1: Yeah. Oh, oh, what a shot. Goodness
6: me. Nothing at all Can't wrong with the point that Federer played there, but. It- at some point you would expect Millman will show some signs of nerves or he hasn't done any of that so far tonight.
1: Oh, What a gap for Millman.
6: I guess this guy can run all night and he
1: will run through a brick wall.
6: This is a guy early in his career that every day he used to go for a 15 kilometer run as a warm-up. Double. Wow. double. Straight doubles double from better right right? will be,
5: be a out. challenge.
1: One of the biggest upsets in tennis history.
5: Roger, what was ailing you this evening and what effect did it have on you? Sorry, the beginning? What was ailing you and what effect did it have on you, physical ailment? Uh, um,
8: I just thought it was very hot tonight. And it was just one of those nights where I guess I felt I couldn't get air. You know, there was no circulation at all and... um, I don't know, for some reason I just struggled in the conditions tonight, you know. um, It's one of the first times it happened to me, so it's just, uh, yeah, it's uncomfortable and clearly just keep on sweating more and more and more as the match goes on and, you know, you lose energy as as it goes by. But, uh, you know, John was able to deal with it better. He maybe comes from one of the most humid places on earth, from Brisbane, so I knew I was in for a tough one. And, uh, you know, maybe when you feel like that as well, you... um, Start missing chances obviously, and I had those, so that was disappointing. But uh, look, I'm just uh, at some point, also, I was happy that the match was over, I guess. Next question, Roger, back
2: here. Yep. Roger, how
1: did it come about John coming to Switzerland? Why did you choose him to sort of practice with?
8: Um, I think it was part that he lost early in Paris, so <laughs> we were looking for somebody who was a A great guy and who could train hard and, um, you know, maybe was looking also for a place to come to and practice on the grass or on hard courts with me before Stuttgart. I didn't know he had a girlfriend in Stuttgart, so uh, I don't know, just Severin asked him and he was like, yeah, absolutely, I'm I'm ready to come. And we had a great few days and uh, a good time together and, um, and then we saw each other again in Stuttgart. We almost played, I think, against each other there too.
0: Any more questions
2: in English? Here, um, Roger, your uh, serve wasn't as reliable as it usually is tonight. Was something either feeling off in your motion or what was going through your mind when you're um, missing all those first serves that you it did? It was hot. <laughs> <laughs> that was
8: it? Yes. When it, when you feel like that, everything is off. So, <laughs> But uh, look, um, I've trained in tougher conditions. I've played in, in the daytime at you know at 120 so some days it's just not it's just not the day you know where uh, the body can can cope with it um i do believe since the roof is on that there is no air circulation in in the stadium and i think just that makes it a totally different u.s open plus conditions maybe we're playing slower this year on top of it and then you have soaking wet pants soaking wet everything and the balls are in there too and you try to play, and it's just everything gets slower, uh, you know, as you try to hit winners. But um, again, look, uh, I thought the the match was uh, was tough. You know, I, I wish I could have led two sets to love, and then maybe the the match would be different. You know, and I would find a way because I did have my chances all the way till the end. But uh, it was just tough. And uh, John, I thought played a great match. You know, in, in difficult conditions. Are you
6: able to talk about what he actually does well? Like, what, what are his strengths uh, and what will he need to do,
8: I suppose, against Novak? John? Um, well, I like his, I love his, int- his intensity. You know, um, he reminds me of David Ferrer and those are the guys that, you know, I admire a lot. Um, you know, when I see them, when I see how they train, um, the passion they have for the game. So, uh, um, I love his intensity. Um, you know, he's got a positive demeanor about himself on and off the court. Um, I think he's got a great backhand that he can protect very well down the line and cross court. And when you attack there in the wrong way, he will punish you punish you every time for it. Yeah, and then he's got options to now, especially here where it's a bit slower, maybe to return in and return back, you know. And, um, you know, and I think against Novak, he's just got to bring it again and then try to worry Novak and hope for another hot day maybe, I don't know.
5: Uh, Roger, can you just put the the past months in, in perspective uh, with what occurred at, at Wimbledon and Cincinnati and now here? Can you just give us a, an overview on that, please?
8: Um, we don't have enough time, I don't think. But <laughs> you know what? I explained Wimbledon already. Um, Cincinnati was a pretty good tournament in... Uh, very fast conditions where it was hard to find rhythm, but uh, still made a finals. Uh, first tournament back, I think. Actually, I was quite happy. It was just a, it was just not a good final from from my side, but okay, that can happen. And it was, after all, Novak on the other side of the net. And then today, uh, like I explained, it was just hot and uh, um, no shame there. I just I think these are the things that uh, unfortunately sometimes happen. Um, so um, you know, move on and. Uh, Take a rest. Um, I'm happy I'm getting a rest now and, um, and then I come back for the Labour Cup and hopefully finish the year strong.
1: Stoba.
6: Coaching box trying to give Sloan some encouragement, and she shook her head no again. No, I gotta okay, tell you, okay. she wants the crowd to get behind her.
1: Okay. Unforced error so on right. the
6: forehand side and Sloan just watching so nice her stagger, stagger like almost around down. the baseline. Let's look at the hit points of Sloan Stevens. Is she too far back in the court? Is she using her aggressive game enough during this match? In fact you hear the effort. Forehand winner in the match. 55% before today. over for seven in this match. Wow! Loss of control on that backhand was out 15-20 feet. She's feeling it, Sloane. It's so much tougher Severs from that end. In. 15. Many just don't think clearly. There's no doubt that Sloane's in two minds here. The problem is that over loves pace and I think he may have said something to her about her language as she apologized to him and then looking up at Kamal Murray he was just trying to tell her to calm Mm -hmm. down. Board C-15. Speed up to the ball. It was more of a lunge. That That was was a racket. That was a point for four all, and at the end of that long point, 14 shot rally. 6-2, 6-3.
1: 6-2, 6-3.
6: Another upset on Ash in oppressive heat as Sloane Stevens, the defending women's champion, is out. Sevastova moves through to her first major semifinal.
0: Sloan, those seven break chances in the first set, unable to convert, how big a factor was that and what happened today?
7: Yeah, when you don't play big points well, the match can get away from you, and I think that's what happened today. I didn't convert, I didn't play the big points well, and you don't win matches when you don't take your opportunities.
2: Sloan, how hard is it to both mentally focus and get anything going physically when you're playing in the heat like that? Does it just slow your entire body down? Uh, yeah, I think
7: today I just really couldn't get anything to connect. Um, even when I did have my break opportunities, I just wasn't playing the points well at all. Like mentally, physically, I just wasn't connecting. It just was a really tough day. And then the heat doesn't make it any much more fun.
1: In addition to the heat, were you also suffering from a cold? Did you have a cold coming into this? And did that compound the fact that you were playing in, must have been like 100 degrees out on the court? Yeah,
7: I've... I've been sick since, I don't know, since Monday. Bad sinus infection, but whatever, you got to play. And like I said, I, I had been playing well the, the last matches, and today just was a tough day. I didn't play my best. I wish I could have played better, but it just wasn't the day.
5: You've had some very good matches with her. Do you, can you talk about the way your games match up and what you're looking to get out of Are you hoping to get out of this one today?
7: Oh yeah, I mean she's a great player. Um, obviously she plays a little bit different than most girls. She hits a lot of drop shots, she hits slices, she changes it up, changes it up a little bit. So um, it's always a difficult match, but um, I thought she played solid today and obviously the better player won, but it just was a bad day.
5: Sloan, I just wonder what your, your feeling was going into the match. Were you feeling questionable or or did you have full usual confidence that you normally
7: have? Nothing was wrong with me before the match. I was excited to play, happy to get out there and compete. Like I said, today was a bad day. I wish I could have played better. The better player won.
2: Sloan, was suspended play for the juniors during your match because of the heat. How did today's conditions compare to some of the other hot matches that you had to play earlier in the tournament?
7: Yeah, it was just really hot. But, I mean, you can't control the weather. You can't control what the tournament's going to do. So you kind of just got to go with it. Um, I'm fortunate that I played first match at 12, and it was so extremely hot. But um, it was hot for both of us. She handled it better. And, but yeah, it, sometimes it happens like that.
5: It's a little early for you to process this this week, basically, or these past eight days. But, um, you know, you come in, you're a lot of pressure, defending champion, you know, your first major and stuff. Um, you know, what are the positives that you might take out of this?
7: That I could have shit the bed in the first round and that would have been really bad. Um, so the fact that I made it to the quarterfinals and I played some really good matches and I just competed as hard as I could, I mean, a lot to be proud of. And, obviously, defending a title is – very hard, very difficult. But um, if you were defending, you'd be playing the same exact people all over again, which I didn't. And I made the most of it this week and, or the last whatever, 10 days, whatever it was. And I can be proud of a lot of things that happened the last couple of the matches that I played. So i um, not going to dwell on it. Just keep building. There's like what, four more tournaments left. And um, I'm just going to try to play the season, the rest of the season as hard as I can and hopefully have some more good results.
2: um, With a lot of opportunity for you in Asia, how excited are you to get to those tournaments and how much time will you spend in between here and then kind of resting and recovering?
7: Well, considering last year after this tournament, I shit the bed for like 10 tournaments in a row. Um, I definitely don't have any points to defend. So um, just looking forward to playing and competing and hopefully keep, playing well and keep it going. Um, Obviously, today doesn't factor into that, but um, yeah, I hope that I can go to Asia and win some more matches and hopefully make the year-end and just keep going as far as I can.
0: You mentioned that um, she plays differently from uh, the other (coughs) women. Considering that, how far do you think she could go beyond this? Could she win this title?
7: You should ask her that. I don't know. Uh, She's a great player, and there's a lot of great players left in the tournament. but. Who knows what's going to happen? It's tennis. Right. So
5: when you have the, I think you had two games in a row where you had three or four break chances in both, um, do you feel like at that point, okay, I'm on to her, I'm going to get one pretty soon, or do you? does it feel like, oh, my gosh, I, I can't let that many get away, and, and uh, you don't get that many chances again?
7: Yeah, obviously, like I said at the beginning, um, when you don't play the big points well and you don't take your opportunities early, that could affect the outcome of the match, and I think today I didn't, play those points well at all, even at the end of the, in the second set, so um, yeah, it does it does definitely affect it and it was unfortunate today that I didn't take my opportunities when I had them early in the first, but nothing I can do about it now.
5: Last question. It's a Grand Slam quarter. It's a big opportunity. <clears throat> you go out there, it's really hot and there's a distinct lack of atmosphere that early in a day. Does that, Does that have a dampening effect on your enthusiasm or did that play a role at all?
7: No, I thought the crowd was great, honestly, even when it's not completely full, they're still super loud and I thought the atmosphere was was totally fine. I think it was just a hot day and bad weather conditions, but didn't think that affected the
0: match
4: too much. Thank you everyone
0: I want to once again thank everybody for tuning in to today's show Just uh had a great time you know going in Viewing the U.S. Open, seeing Serena Williams, seeing a legend play, because at this point, you never know how much longer she's going to play or how much longer any of these legends that we've seen pretty much our whole lives are going to be doing what they're great at. So just having the opportunity to see her play possibly one of her last few U.S. Opens, same way I felt, you know, seeing Kobe Bryant play his last game at Madison Square Garden. These are cherished moments and I'm just happy to be there for it. Also want to thank Palm T as always, you know, being out there in nature and talking to her about Serena Williams and the whole controversy. Uh, she does a great job as always check her out on the tea room podcast, uh, Google it, check it out. It's a great job. She does a great job with that. And uh, as always hit me up at Edison jr. Twitter and Instagram until next time. This is sports social with Edison jr. Here on Brooklyn free speech radio, iHeartRadio, radio and Spotify.